Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys talk all about technology and real estate, how augmented and virtual realities are affecting how we buy and sell homes, and how artificial intelligence is changing the landscape of real estate, all while enjoying Yellowstone Select Bourbon Whiskey. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, powered by Living in Colorado, the Mile High Perspective on YouTube, and Fathom Realty. As always, my name is Charlie Sardelli, and I'm here with... Jameson Amaros. Oscar Barra. And guys, like I just said, we are three Colorado-based realtors that do this podcast because we love to drink bourbon and inform you (laughs) on the real estate market and everything there is about real estate, right? And guys, I want to start off this episode by saying, if you listened to last week's episode and... I scared you in any kind of a way with my voice. It's still not fully here, but thank you. You're the real ones. Because as I was editing that episode, I came up and I said, Charlie Sardelli. And Charlie, it scared me. Something sounded like you were guest. It was like a guest spot on like The Conjuring. Yeah. Well, something primal in me was like, it was like, oh, like it was like my ears immediately knew that person's not healthy, you know? (laughs) And I tried to talk it out. I tried to cough it out, drink water. Didn't really work. That's funny. But thank you guys so much for joining us and, and watching that episode. And guys, you're blowing up our TikTok. So thank you so much for, for all the communication, the comments, the, the likes, and for talking amongst yourselves in there. And the dislikes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's been cool to see, like, this is exactly what we wanted to do is generate conversation. Oh, it generated some conversation. Around real estate. Yeah. What it is it? What are, how, many, like, how many comments? Oh, I don't know. We're like 600 comments, 65,000 you know, views. We had a lot of, uh, you know bad comments and it's actually that, it's that's cool and all that but but majority, the two that were going majority of it's that actually was been actually positive yeah, yeah interesting conversation yeah. there's been a couple of people who said hey we gotta just so what you're saying is kill off the baby boomers <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Like, that's what you took from that conversation yeah, we're gonna get yeah. banned the from, pandemic tried to do that but yeah. they're resilient we're get it is it is TikTok funny though like that. just just thinking about it as we as we go into this topic mm-hmm. uh because we're talking about technology and real estate right yep. but it's crazy because that clip that we posted was only i think two minutes long mm-hmm. and a two minute long clip that wasn't obviously the whole conversation that you guys hear here generated almost 70,000 views 600 comments like all the stuff for two minutes it's awesome wow it's, it's incredible it's great it's incredible but it's like cool Jameson just said guys on today's episode what we want to talk about is technology and real estate um, basically like how it's going to affect real estate moving forward mm-hmm. um, and one thing that I'm going to talk about in that space is AR and VR uh, walkthroughs okay. right um, and then I think you guys want to take a little bit more on kind of where you see it going with showings and, and availability and yeah, how there's, and there's a lot. And, and, and there's the evolution stuff, yeah. of where, where we are now from yeah. where we were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, Even there's from when I started. Yeah. 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 And, uh, guys on today's episode, we know the last, I think it was about four episodes we had above a hundred proof oh, yeah. for our bourbons. Right. Um, so this one, we, we wanted to tone it down a little bit, kind of bring it back down to that, not really intro level, but a little bit more accessible bourbon. Um, and one that's. Easily accessible across the country. Palatable. Palatable, right? So on dollar wise. Yes, yes. Um, And as always, we'll give you that price at the end. But on today's episode, we're going to be drinking Yellowstone bourbon whiskey. Um, No, not the show Yellowstone. There's they they did it like a select release bourbon, but it was like a hundred something dollars. And sorry, but not getting my money for that. I'm not. uh, (laughs) No. Uh, was it Kevin Costner? Unless Matthew McConaughey was a part of it. Well, <laughs> it's, well, it's Kevin Costner. Right? Matthew McConaughey, it sucked. I would probably buy it because Beth's hot. I don't know. <laughs> Beth from yeah, Yellowstone You know why? Because Beth's hot. absolutely insane. That's why you like oh, her. Probably. Her and Lauren Bobert. <laughs> I don't know. Psychopath. I think for crazy. Well, we're still trying to reach out to get You know what's fun for Oscar? Getting murdered in the middle of the night. <laughs> Just the know. excitement of it. Like, 
Am I going to wake up tomorrow? Is it, I don't know. Is it good? Is it good? Is my life insurance going to be claimed by <laughs> 8 a.m.? Who knows? But yeah, guys, um, Yellowstone, I'm going to let Jameson kind of take it over for, for the background, but sure. it's been around since the 1800s, right? Yeah, I mean, they've, yeah, they closed, they opened, they closed. But um, I mean, the biggest thing is the master distillers are Stephen and Paul Beam. And if you guys recognize that last name, there's a reason for that. So they can trace their lineage back to their great, 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 great grandfather, uh, Jacob Beam, who was the founder of Jim Beam, right? So it is a ton of history that goes into this bottle, which is pretty cool. Uh, they do, their, their bourbon process is a little bit more complex. So a lot of times when you're distilling bourbon, they keep it at a specific temperature throughout the entire process. With these guys, what they do is they split it up into three different phases at three different temperatures. Um, their grain and uh, their mash bill is a little bit different as well. So, and as you guys can kind of see, if you're watching this, if you're listening, it is a much lighter color than what mm -hmm. we've been drinking. That is because not that it's a lighter bourbon, but they use a different type of corn. Yeah. So it is a high corn mash bill, which okay. would which should lend to some sweetness, especially at I, I mean, mean ninety three. Even proof, the nose, right? just opening the bottle yep. and smelling that, I was I was a bit surprised. Yeah. So if you look at the mash bill itself, um, it's seventy five percent corn, thirteen percent rye, twelve percent malted barley, but the corn itself is different. So it's an open pollinated white heirloom corn, which is where it gets that lighter color. Interesting. Right? You so, said, you said, hold on, hold on, you said, hold on, you said 12% barley? 12, 13 barley? rye, 12% malted barley, yes. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. So yeah, we've been doing like 5% well, Yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. just, that's just going to lead more into the sweetness. Correct. It so, should. So, yeah. It should. Huh. No, no wheat. Like, here's yeah. the, um, here's that's the interesting I think it's going to be a little... It's going to be a little sweet. Here's the interesting part. So there is a yeast strain that they use that is specific to the great-great-grandfather, great which was reclaimed through DNA from a yeast jug that was on display in the Oscar Getz Whiskey Museum in Bardstown, Kentucky. So essentially, they Jurassic Parked this shit. Uh, science, bitches. <laughs> they Jurassic Parked this shit, and they basically took the DNA wow. profile of... Yeast in a, in a in a in a jug from a museum to bring back and to essentially uh, bioengineer the yeast that's used in here. That was the same yeast that was used back in the 1800s. So kind of cool, right? Interesting. Um, Take what that, they, Steven Spielberg. What they do is it's called a three-stage temperature cook. So they have it at one temperature and they add the corn. Once they add the corn, they lower the temperature the first time. Then they add the rye. They lower the temperature again. And then they add the barley and they lower the temperature a third time. Hmm. So okay. I don't know what the reasoning behind it is. Obviously, people like to get fancy and cute when it comes to distilling well, I mean, bourbon. But if you're if you're purposely lowering the temperature every time, to me, it should start to bring out those flavors say, of yeah. each phase a little bit more versus all of them being fermented at the or, same time. Or, or later. Right. Um, yeah. When you do any cooking, yep. you you cook the the main the main portion of the dish to a certain yep. temp, mm -hmm. and then you add later the garlic and whatever else you're going to put in so you don't burn it. Because garlic, once it, you, it gets to a certain point, yeah. it, it's toasting, it gets bitter. So that's that's kind of So like you cooking. said by the time they it's get to like the barley. Cooking, you know, I, I think it, it'll, it'll mellow out the extras and bring out, I think the corn's going to be. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you, you said it, the barley Probably. was the last step and that Correct. was the lowest temperature? Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense, especially based on a, a couple episodes where we learned. Yeah. Like you they said, start at 200 degrees and then they lower it from there. Yeah. Every single stage of ingredient that they add. Okay. And then it turns into a distiller's beer, essentially, yep. which is 15 to 20%. And then they move that to the, the copper tanks 
and then they let that ferment down. And then once it's fermented down and it turns into, um, basically they take a 250 gallons of what's called low wine at 25 to 30%. And they get that down to, um, a 53 gallon barrel of whiskey. Hmm. And then once they have that, then they move it to American char oak barrels and they begin the aging process. It doesn't say, and I don't know if it says it on the bottle, how long they age it for, but I mean, it has to be a minimum of three years. Right? Yeah. We didn't even check cause we were, yeah. we were looking for, yep. we almost brought some whistle pig. Yeah. And we were like, all right, no, no, we got to change yeah. it up. A bit. Yeah. You got to go a little bit lower. And then there yeah. was this other one that the, the coloring, remember? Yeah. The tequila was super light, super light. But I mean, so it anyway. makes sense though, with the lowest temperature being on the malted barley, because mm-hmm. a couple episodes back, we had one that they emphasized a certain kind of malted barley for remember the flour it was mm-hmm. like a baking a baking one yep. to make it sweeter so or wheat yeah, yeah, the, yeah from the wheat the, from the mississippi river yeah. the specific wheat that was yep. made to use pastries I think mm-hmm. that it was. yeah and so they they took that and so it makes sense that that's the coldest step mm-hmm. because that's going to condense all of those sugars a little right. bit more yep. which is going to bring it out so i right off the bat i uh, oscar i'm going to call that you don't like this one okay uh, I'm just gonna. I think it's be, gonna be bitter, to tell you the truth. I don't know. If really it's be sweet. See, I think it's gonna. Okay. All right. And the, guys, this is 93 proof with the high corn. I don't yeah. Know, we'll see. I think this is a. Uh, this is gonna be a 93 proof. Um. So 46 points. 46.5. 46.5 percent. Um. So lower than the 115s we've been doing again, but it's gonna be interesting to go from that to this uh-huh. and, and see, especially with the high high mash and high corn. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, get some uh, get some some cheers going, boys. Get the nose on it. Salut. Oh, yeah, right off the bat. It's, it's extremely sweet. Makes sense that the burn's not there very much. Oh, I also figured out the aging. Yeah. It's small batch, so it's a mix between four and seven-year-aged barrels. Awesome. So awesome. Okay. I'm getting cherry yep. like nobody's business. Very subtle oak. Yep. Very subtle but oak. But I'm getting cherry. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm getting like 7-Up. Yeah. Like cherry 7-Up? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like that soda. citrus. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <coughs> okay. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's like my we've been u- so used to the, uh, the darker stuff. It still has legs. Yeah. Though, which is surprising for how light it is. Mm-hmm. But it's very thin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, boys, I'm going to go ahead and get that first sip. <coughs> okay. Oh, yeah. First sip, you definitely get hit with the burn a little bit. Um, obviously, 93, so it's not as much, but. I feel like a bunt cake. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's sweet, that back end sweetness, and it's. Exactly, like the sweetness we've been having has been very much it's, more like that caramel, like it's toffee. Like a, it's like a sweet um, cornbread. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Or um, uh, was it angel angel food cake? That really light one. I love yeah. spirit, like sponge cake almost, but like yeah. no, because I mean that has like vanilla in it, right? Yeah, but like it's like no actually, flavor. It's just right. cakey. Really yeah, like this one doesn't. Especially compared to the ones that we've been having, this one's not very identifiable with the sweetness. It's there, but it's not like, oh, this is vanilla, this is caramel. Right. This is it just it just it has a flavor profile which is sweet. Yeah. The 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 initial taste it hits you with the sweet first, and then everything. Mm-hmm. But it does. It's very sweet. The wood is very very minimal on it. Um, I mean, we're all spot on. 
Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do the notes say? So the notes on the nose say rye spice with soft leathered cherries. I don't know if that means you wrap cherries in leather and <laughs> or maybe both or dehydrated or if they're yeah. like just into bondage. I don't know what that means. Uh, bondage cherries. <laughs> 50 bondage shades cherries. of cherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, palette is smoked caramel. Yep. Mm. So I can get that with kind of the bun and then you were mm. saying with oak and then the finished smoky oak and then brown sugar. Yeah. So yeah, it's very uh, uh, pastry forward. Mm. The back of the palate is definitely like it sits with that with that pastry mm-hmm. sweetness. That's um, a ling- it does have a lingering bitter. Yeah. I'm and I was like, get somebody hooked on bourbon. Yes, I was going to say the, <laughs> the mouthfeel of bourbon. this. Yeah. Like like it's funny that you said like begin like when you smell it, it's very light. It's ah. very, very silky, yes. very light on it the is. tongue. Makes sense with the obviously the corn and, and the color of it in general, but definitely, definitely a uh, not not where I thought it was going to go. No, a little bit, a little bit more smoky yes. than I thought. Yeah, um, but it plays the very well. Is, the, <clears throat> the back of the palate, yep, it lingers a little bit because mm-hmm. I to me I get hit with that sweetness or the caramel right up front. Yep, and then as it goes through. The aftertaste is, I don't, it's not bitter, but it's smoky, but it's not like. It's tart. Yeah. It's not yeah. overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. It's not like a smoked old fashioned type of no. feel. No. So. But I would say, I think that this would do great smoked. Yes. Uh, with the light flavor that it has, if it you smoke this. Especially with mm-hmm. some, uh, like a cherry wood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have. Or, you know what? Actually, I take apple. that back. I was, you know what? I think it's like a hickory mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind of offset the sweetness a little bit would be pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. We're gonna have to I really got to bring in my yeah. We're gonna, my thing. We're gonna I have to bring my, my the thing frother. too. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're, do, we're gonna guys. We promise we're gonna start bolstering up the, the YouTube with a little bit more bourbon content and and uh, try and try and do more fun stuff with that. It's too. hard, but when you guys leave 600 comments on boomers <laughs> needing to be killed by millennials, <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> right. Well, hey, speaking of can't keep it up, technology, right? Um, and and just super funny. One of the trends I'm looking at top trends in real estate, right? <clears throat> top tech trends rather, and the very first one is uh, millennials and Gen Zs run the world. Mm. <laughs> right? Well, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's going to be interesting to see and because people who don't embrace, you know, technology, the internet, they're going to fall behind. Yep. And that's where, again, we get into that boomer conversation of like, there's so many people. And, and at the same time, like we used to work in tech, tech retail. Like I used to hate when boomers came in, not because they asked me questions, but like to see the pain in uh-huh. their face yep. when they were like, can you show me how to do this? And for right. me, it was literally like, doop, 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 done. Mm-hmm. But I had one, one come up to me and they were like, thank you so much for taking the time to explain and go through the steps. My grandson just takes it, doesn't, gives my, throws yep. my phone back at me, right? And, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, technology is growing so rapidly. You know, we have the AI now, we have AR and VR, we have digital walkthroughs, we have, we talked about it in the past, uh, virtual staging, mm-hmm. where they're just placing stuff in an empty room. And I think all of this to say, you know, is going, it's a good movement overall. Sure. It's, sure. it's a great movement because I feel like it's going to create a little bit more of an option and transparency. Um, and what I wanted to talk to uh, about with the, with the tech is something that I'm actually implementing in the production business side of it. Um, the real estate photography is artificial, not artificial intelligence, but uh, virtual reality, mm-hmm. VR and augmented reality. Um, and, you know, if you go on Amazon right now, you go look for couches 
And a lot of the couches on Amazon have the view in your room. Yeah. Best Buy has that whole app too. Yeah. Like you can put Sherman a TV Williams. on your wall. You can and mm-hmm. walls. Yep. Lazy boy. They have yeah. like, but again, it just goes to show. There's like, Snapchat filters. I can look bald. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, or I can look like I have hair. Hey. <laughs> like there's, there's good and bad stuff about it. But for me, I think what the pandemic did by forcing everybody inside, not being able to do it, it bolstered the idea and opened the, the realm mm-hmm. of technology in, in spaces sure. like this. And for me, I, the reason that I really want to embrace virtual reality is because I would love to be able to go into a home with a VR camera, 360 camera, and then just have a file and say, hey, here you go. This is a VR file. If you have an Oculus 2, if you have the new Apple Vision Pro Quest, if you have whatever it is, all you have to do is upload this and you can walk through this house and see it. You don't have to come here. Um, and any questions that you have, please feel free to reach out. And it is that simple. You can legitimately put on the goggles and be standing in the living room. And, and I think that, and the reason I say it as transparency is because, you know, a lot of the time with virtual staging and, and staging in general, it's made to warrant the sale, right? You want to make it look a certain way. So imagine now we get to a point where I can give you three virtual tours. Each one of one has, you know, uh, a, modern, a modern look. One has a little older look. One has like a, a barn look. And now you can explore the options a little bit more rather than leaving it to the imagination. Or, or um, what's your taste? Yep. What, what does your decor look like? And then snap it into the house. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that does a lot because a lot of times you walk into a vacant home and you can't picture your stuff in it. Yep. So it'll help. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of realtors that are, are not up to, to date with technology and feel a little um, vulnerable with this. And like, mm-hmm. what, am I going to be obsolete? Mm, well, at least my at least my my perspective on that and what I offer of the general public is is not opening doors and showing houses. That's not mm-hmm. my expertise. Anybody can do that. It's navigating and knowing the law and negotiations of a contract. So I'm, for me, I'm like, let's do it. Well, I I, I look at it two ways. So uh, if I am the the point of technology, the good technology, right, moves us forward. And a lot of people will say, well, what do you mean it moves us forward? In my head, like if you boil it down, what is technology? What's its main goal? Make our lives easier. Right. Make our lives easier. So I look at it and I say, okay, if I'm a seller, right? And I'm working with an agent that, you know, is embracing technology or the seller's embracing technology on marketing and selling the house. One of the most disruptive things that happen during a home being on the market for the seller is what? Showings, showings, open houses, mm-hmm. right? Especially in a state like Colorado where you're dragging snow well, and, just in and general, salt through just the Just in house. general, right? Like if it's, it, I look at it like if I'm a seller and I'm just trying to sell my house and I live there still, mm-hmm. it is disruptive to my life if I am at the mercy of showings being scheduled. And it could be I get a showing at, you know, I request at 2 p.m. for a showing at 5. I got to get the dogs <coughs> out. I got to get my kids out. I may be in the middle of work. I may work from home. I don't know Dinner which, time dinner time, whatever it is, right? And then I got to be at the house for two hours and I got to wait for somebody to tell me, hey, I can come back to the house. That's that's uh, scenario one. Scenario two is what if I am a seller that has tenants in the house? And now as a realtor, I have to go through and I have to talk to the that's tenants. That's a big one. I have to sit mm-hmm. there and say, hey guys, here's what the deal is. We have an agreement to show the house, but tenants aren't always you know, compliant in that. And then it makes it harder to market the house. I was just so, having that conversation. Right. That's kind of why I brought it up. We had this, Oscar was talking to a client uh, right before, but- I look at it and say, okay, well, if I'm a seller and I'm working with an agent that says, hey, here's one thing that I provide. I provide virtual reality tours 
of your home. Why does that matter? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, from a buyer standpoint, it's easier for them. Buyer doesn't have to drive 20 miles here just to go look at a house that they hate, right? Mm -hmm. So now it saves the buyer's time. Um, from a seller standpoint, it's less disruption on your life because now you can just sit at home and be eating dinner and the buyer or the client, whoever it is, can put on a set of VR goggles, download your home, your floor plan, and virtually walk through it. They can have their critiques and so on and so forth without needing to physically be there and make those decisions, right? Will people always want to walk the space? 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be something where, you know, to me, the virtual tour, the virtual reality tours are the, the uh, opening door, the, the filter, window. right? Yeah. Of like, okay, I really do want to go see this house, but it eliminates unnecessary um, hurdles and, or and frustrations or schedule issues to layer on top of what you're saying on, on the buy side. Um, scheduling is, is a big deal, right? You have to take time away from work if the scheduling can't be done for the mm -hmm. home. And fellow insomniacs, what do you do at 12 o'clock at night? You scroll through the internet. Right. You can't sleep. Hey, throw on the goggles. Look through homes while you're, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's asleep and you have downtime. If you have children, nighttime is when you do your shopping online and everything else. And, you know, the schedule for the, for the seller and the buyer you take that out of the equation and it helps promote your, your property. Right. And I mean, if, if you look at it, right, if you guys, if you're an agent that's, that's watching this to Oscar's point, like, Oh, am I, am I going to be obsolete? No, you're not. There's always going to be the human interaction part that's needed. <clears throat> this is just more, can you proposition yourself and your value? Mm -hmm. And can the seller see that and say, Hey, you know what? That'd be great. Now, Charlie, you can maybe do a 30,000 foot overview of what it would take to just, cause you can't just say, Hey, here's a virtual reality tour. Obviously mm -hmm. there's steps involved yep. to get that done. But from my understanding, and you can kind of enlighten us, it's not as intrusive as people think. No, no, not at all. And <clears throat> that's the whole thing I was actually going to say, too, is technology around the, the VR space mm -hmm. in the last five years has exploded. It used to be if you wanted to do a 360 VR thing, you had to go buy 10 GoPros and develop a rig where you set cameras up and then you have to stitch all the videos together. Now you have <clears throat> GoPro, Instagram, Insta, Meta. They have cameras that are made specifically for 360 mm -hmm. and even editing programs now. You port that right in and instead of having to clip everything together, it recognizes the metadata and you just edit it like you would a normal video. Right. So if you're, a, if, you're a, if you're a listing agent and you say, hey, Mr. Seller, Mr. Mrs. Seller, I do have an option that to us, it's very similar to, you know, I, I know you're the same way. I pay for photos, video walkthroughs, drone photos, all that kind of stuff for my clients. Well, if I now have an option to say, hey, I, this is a separate option that maybe I charge or I add on and we can do one or the other, it's going to take maybe an hour and a half of your time to have my individual come in, stage the home, and set up this virtual tour. But what it's going to allow, that extra two hours in the beginning is going to save you 5, 10, 15, 20 hours mm -hmm. of having to leave your house, lock up your dogs, worry about your cat getting let's out, call it a day. all that kind of stuff. Let's, say, call hey, let's, let's call it a day. Yep. We'll start in the morning. You go work, do whatever. Give us the house for a day because that one day is going to eliminate days of showing. Well, and think about it, and, right? So and, Oscar, and hundreds of eyes on your home. Right. So that's the other piece of this, right? So how many... Let's say we, we will to, like, if you have a, client, a buyer client that's looking and they have a specific, they have criteria they're looking for, right? And you set up showings. How many showings does it normally take for that buyer to go, ooh, I want to make an offer on this house? In a normal market where they're in not normal being market, rushed. At least 10. Okay, so 10, I was right? going to say, and I, I did, and I'll tell you guys, like, I had a client where we did seven showings in a day. And, well, I know oh, yeah. where, and, and I know where you're going with it. That's where I say it is you don't realize that 
you're going to spend 30 minutes in a house, but then you got to drive 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, drive another 20 minutes, 15, 30 minutes, drive. That stuff builds up. And it was hard fitting seven showings at seven different properties in one day. Yes. And that's from a buyer standpoint. From a mm-hmm. seller standpoint, right now in Castle Rock, I was just looking at it because I was pulling up some, uh, some data from the client. It's taking an average for a single house on the market, 15 showings before an offer is submitted currently, right? Mm-hmm. So that means as a seller, I have at least 15 different groups of people that are walking through my house physically, right? Of those 15, 14 of them are making disparaging comments, commenting on your design choice, saying the layout sucks, the backyard's too small, so on and so forth. So you just have 14 groups of people walking through your house for no reason. With a virtual reality tour set up and as an option for a seller, you may be able to cut that down to like five. What does that eliminate? Obviously, wear and tear on the house, cleanliness, uh, you know, uh, anxiety or, or, or um, anything around potential theft or mm-hmm. doors being unlocked, Check all that kind of stuff. Of you get rid of all of those headaches. You're still able to market the house successfully to the right group of buyers that you're looking for. And then as, as the agent, now once we start getting offers, we can now spend the time making sure that your interests are protected and all that kind of stuff. That part doesn't change. All it changes is the intrusiveness in your life has now been mitigated by something like a virtual reality tour. And, and it's reality exciting tour. for relocation people. Yeah. I've, I've actually... We're dealing I, with one right now. Yeah. We went, we, uh, we did a, a video for, for someone in New Jersey, but um, in the past, I've, I, before, you know, where, where we are with, with technology, I did a Skype with, with a guy he was in, I think, the Carolinas, somewhere in the Carolinas, and um, I did a, I, I called him up on my phone and sketchy, you know, service, but we got it done. He loved the house because he saw it online and he wanted me just to go into certain rooms and then give him some dimensions. And we walked it. He bought the house. Mm-hmm. The first time he saw the house was on inspection. He flew in for the inspection, met him for the first time, said, "Thank you for doing that. I do love this house." Flew out, flew back out, and flew back out. Uh, for the closing so i'm sure that cost him at least a grand in airfare and lodging now if we do virtual that saves the consumer a grand with with just a virtual and and to your point i mean i think that's a um, as we all know humans are you know reactive right we we like like instant yeah we'll go reactive instant gratification right now imagine that instead of somebody has to sit in a car and wait and drive around and look you go, hey, I found this great place. You send us to them. They see it. They're in there. That's going to prime them a little bit faster to go, oh, yeah, right? Like, I want to do that. Not only that, to your point earlier, how many houses can you see virtually mm-hmm. in an hour? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. At least seven. At least. At least seven. How many houses in real time can you see in an hour? Two, maybe. Maybe, maybe. two. Maybe. maybe if they're two. in the same neighborhood. Third, yeah, yeah. right down the street. <laughs> you got to preview yep. the house, which mm-hmm. would take 10, 15 minutes. But then you got to drive, yep. right? And then all that pleasantries and talk, you can see way more houses and be sure of what you're looking for. I have clients that still look at homes, and, and if they're unsure, I tell them to drive by the house before we go look at them. Yep. Because they're going to go look, drive by the house later after work or first thing in the morning or whatever, and then do the, the showing. So that eliminates a lot of that. Well, I'm, I'm calling it right now, and I'm glad this sits. The internet is eternal, right? I'm calling it right now. With stuff like the MetaQuest 2 and the Apple ProVision, augmented reality, AR, where things are in front of you, are becoming phenomenally larger in the market, right? Right now, you can, you can put on a, a MetaQuest 2, sit at your laptop, and then the, the goggles 
will put three extra computer monitors in front of your face. So you can just look up and you have three more monitors that you Doctors? can navigate. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm at home. Right. I am behind <laughs> See? on technology. See? Right. I, but I'm, but I'm now be at home doing that But uh, now today. imagine I can go, cool. Hey guys, you know, we don't really have to pay for virtual staging. But what I would love to do is have an Apple Vision ProQuest or a Meta Meta Quest 2 there. And when you walk into the house, now you can put those goggles on. And as you're looking around this completely empty house, like us were saying, you could flip through modern, you know, town, whatever it is, and you can see different things come up. I'm calling it now in the next 10 years. That's going to be a thing. Right? You know what? It's, it's going to be a thing. You could do your buyer's consultation <laughs> and say, here, put on these goggles, cast it, mm -hmm. and show them properly without leaving your office. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. and let's take it one step further. So we said millennials have, we number 73 million, right? Mm -hmm. Baby boomers were at 69 million. 69.5 or something, something like, like that. that. Okay. Yeah. So those baby boomers right now are aging out of their homes. We, we talked about it last mm -hmm. week, the, the silver tidal wave or the silver tsunami, right? Well, I look at it and I say, okay, <laughs> if that is true and all these baby boomers houses are now going to be put on the market, they may be 70, 75, 80 years old looking A, for new, someone new to downsize, B, to sell their house and have to show it. And I'm sorry, but I think of like my grandparents and their, not difficulty, but it takes more effort to get mm -hmm. up, get out of the house they want to clean the house beforehand to make sure it's good. It's a lot of energy at 80 years old trying to sell a house. This could solve that because in my head, if you have augmented reality and virtual reality showings and tours, you could essentially strip the house of all of the knickknacks and the couches and everything else, mm -hmm. still step into the space. And now your grand, your grandmother or grandfather doesn't have to worry about getting up and calling you to help them put their dog away or help them you know, go to a mm -hmm. coffee shop and then remove them from their lives at 80 years old just to show a house to somebody that 92% of the time will not be interested in. What's the stat for um, consumers buying or selling over the age of 65? Because in my, in my career- I mean, it's gonna be- I've had little to no senior citizens. Oh, it's gonna be massive. Come, yeah. We talked about yeah, last but, week, in the, last, in the next five I, years, it was, it was, I wanna say it was 20, 27 million homes that mm -hmm. are, would be, being bought or sold by aging baby boomers mm -hmm. over the next five years. It's wild. It's wild. Right? Right. So it's going to be a big thing. But yeah. and, and the beauty of it is they, from a selling standpoint, don't have to do anything different. Mm -hmm. They just allow us in with our crew that will come in and do the cameras and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll we say, hey, up. Mr. Mrs. Seller, Take great news. We'll visit some family. Well, what yeah. about showings? Don't worry about showings. We're going to do it virtually. I'm going to put mm -hmm. it in the listing. Hey, and you know what? The only showings that are available are virtual. Are virtual. Yep. If you have interest in the house, you have to do a virtual tour first. Boom. Boom. Right? And, and that's yep. what was happening during COVID, so they can't mm -hmm. say it doesn't work. Exactly. Yep. It, exactly. It was, it's Dude, I talked works. to you. So, I, vulnerable moment. Okay. I'm in oh, therapy, shoot. right? Once or twice a month, once a month right now. And I have my therapist. Well, in my therapy. Oh. Right? It's for my, my head game. And uh, my therapist is in Aurora. I've never met her in person. We talk virtually. Mine was time. in Wyoming. There is no, <laughs> for me, there is no difference nope. between having that conversation because I'm comfortable with it. I understand the technology. I'm used to it, right? And to Oscar's point, when we talk about the pandemic, that's how everything was being handled anyway. So to me, I, I, I love it in the sense that I know for a fact I will be listing aging individuals' homes. And to be able to have that as an option to say, hey, you know what? My goal is to not interrupt your life and still get this house sold for top dollar. 
this is one of the ways that we can do it so that you don't have to worry about moving. You can constant, or sorry, not moving. You don't have to worry about leaving the house for two hours at a time, letting me host an open house. You can concentrate on packing and, you know, getting movers done and moving into the new place and your next phase of whatever that life looks like. And then we'll take the virtual tours. And then once we have an interested buyer, that's when we take over. Well, and that's, uh, that's, that's a, I was going to say, that's the cool thing with the technology expanding, right? And, and it's obviously we have, to, I, I, I will say that there needs to be more regulation well, around it. Before we, we, we get off that topic, you would think that that would, that would cut the buyers in half, right? Mm -hmm. Because people want to be in the homes. Right. But you are not risking not bringing in the right person into the Correct. house exactly. with VR. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yep. And, and, but like, and that's what I mean when, when I talk about regulation, right? It's we need to have the understanding because the people right now that are making the laws and approving these laws, most of them are the boomer generation. And half of them don't know how to operate an yeah. iPhone correctly, right? Like, well, yeah. And then there's ways around the law, right? Yeah. Because uh, my, my inspectors, they use drones to inspect the roof. Mm -hmm. Really? He got there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just tossed there. children up there. <laughs> well, you know, that's how we used to do it in the back. <laughs> the back old the ladder. So he showed up and he was going to start in the exterior and he said, mm, we're going to start with the in interior. There's, uh, we were in Parker, so there's an Air Force uh, base or some. Buckley? Something's out there, right? Oh, and, we know all about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, I said, so you're not going to be able to use a the drone? He goes, no. Huh? I shoot an email. They approve it, and then I do it. Mm -hmm. So when unless it was done, the email you're in, came back, and he, he did the drone. Well, it's, no, FAA, that's like, FAA regulation. It's, it's, it's that easy. It's honestly, is that easy? I use drones for because we're so advanced. Yeah, now because that was a, that was a that it, was a big thing. It's as easy as getting on the app and literally requesting. It sends it to their system, and it's reviewed automatically. Uh -huh. And then it comes back to you. You get a, you get a signature, and you're clear to fly in the space. Five years ago, I want to say it was five years ago. I was at the board, DMAR, uh, the board of realtors. And they were wanting uh, you to get a license, a pilot's license, mm -hmm. just to fly the drones and look at that. Mm -hmm. That's gone out the door because we've we've researched and we made the right choices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So last thing on the virtual tour, we can move on to the next the next one I want to talk about. The biggest hurdle I think with any new tech, this is with any new technology, right, is cost. Because if you truly want to utilize this technology, it's got to be something that's avail readily available for people. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that are not going to drop two or $300 on a MetaQuest or the Apple goggles, so on and so forth. Well, I'm like saying, come to my office. I have that. Oh, wait, Correct. Hold on, yes. Hold on. I'm sitting on right. it. I'm going to let Jameson yeah. finish. So I think right. that's, that's something where, you know, it, that to, to Oscar's point, having that availability is going to be very, very key, but that doesn't help for relocation. Right. right. And hold on. Bomb dropped. Everybody go to Google, uh, type in Google Cardboard VR. It's legitimately, you go to Google and they have an entire way, an entire schematic basically. You get a cardboard box and you print out this, this little sheet and it tells you how to cut the box and then you set your phone into the box and you put it up to your eyes and the programming on VR, you program it to a phone and now you have VR. That's it. That's simple. So if you already have a smartphone, well, the, the take some cardboard. That That's right? simple. However, <coughs> we know human beings are very lazy. I, but all I'm saying is like, that's just, it, it's proof of, proof of concept. That it is proof getting of concept. cheaper. Yes. Like yes. there, yes. don't Charlie, think. Charlie, now I got to buy scissors <laughs> and I can't run don't, with them inside the house. Don't think that you're limited based on, right. based on the There's amount. There, there are options. There are I mean, options. honestly, you go into any Goodwill right now, Goodwill thrift store, 
there's some kind of like an old Samsung VR sitting there, whatever. You just slide your phone in, and it's literally just downloaded. No, yeah, app, I get that. You know? I, I guess what I'm saying <clears throat> is when you I mean, talk what, about what are the rights to Macklemore? Because I think we need that in the in the back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna drop what? some cash. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's the biggest the biggest hurdle mm-hmm. that we're gonna see. But like we've seen with other technologies, as there's more use cases for it, it does get cheaper. Yep. So I think that is something like, you know, you can get Ray-Bans right now that yeah. have the little camera from that other. Yeah. Let's, let's not bucks. even take it to that point. How much were TVs back in the day? Right, exactly. You but, get a 45-inch flat screen. Yeah. And, you know, 10 years ago, you were going to drop 2K. Yep. Yep. Right now, yep. you could go get an 80-inch and drop $900. <laughs> right. Well, and that's speaking of, like, the advancement of technology. And, and one thing in the big... I don't want to say elephant in the room, but the big scary umbrella is, is artificial that, is intelligence. This a virtual elephant? Yes, a virtual elephant. Is he here elephant. with us right now? <laughs> it's always around. Okay. Um, okay. Is artificial intelligence, right? Sphere in Vegas. And, oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, how can you put, how, how does artificial intelligence in, go into buying a home? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have places like Zillow, Redfin, all, the, all these big companies that are embracing AI in a way where it's, they're using these algorithms to do comparative market analysis, right? So they're dumping a bunch of data from the market that they have into this algorithm, and then the algorithm's spitting out a Zestimate, right? And that's something that, you know, really wanting to address that AI is, is a phenomenal tool for us to dump off some back, back end processes in the brain, right? Write me a video description. Hey, write me a script. Help me build an Excel sheet. That kind of stuff is great. But when it comes to more serious notions, like a home valuation, right? There are little idiosyncrasies that the algorithm really doesn't, not yet at least, have programmed into it. So what you guys have to realize with AI and how it's based is, think about it as, an, as a funnel, right? AI is gonna start at the top of the funnel and it's gonna take all of that information and then compose it and use that same information and apply it to the baseline. But there's so many times where you're doing a comparative market analysis and you set a five mile, you know, eight, 10 mile radius, and this house is still out of the ordinary. Right now, a lot of that AI is not tailored to account for, uh, is the square footage this much, this much more compared to the other 10? Does this one have, um, you know, like a, a, a smart home system with AC control that'll tell you if something's going wrong with your duct work. Does it have um, uh, a tracing for your for your water supply or anything like that? It doesn't. You, it, put, it's, me, you put a native, yep. Colorado against mm-hmm. AI. We're gonna know more. Yep. Well, so yes, that's a good point. And 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 all the scary part, all the scary stuff, you know, alpha room, the scary stuff from AI, it was already happening. It was data mining has been going on since yeah, the yes. internet was mm-hmm. was here. So it's it's just now now the AI is doing it. Well, AI, the easiest way I can explain the way it works, really in any capacity, right, is the output, like what you get from AI is only as good as what the input is, right? Mm -hmm. And the best way that I've thought about for the last six seconds is (laughs) uh, working out, okay? Yeah. I go to the gym five days a week. I have my AI. And I, well, no, but so here's the deal. So I do my lifting and I you know, do certain exercises. I'll split my days between like push days and pull days and so on and so forth. Okay. And I, I go probably more often than the average person goes to the gym. I consider myself in good shape. Beefcake. Right. Gym rat. <laughs> but if I put myself up against a professional bodybuilder that does shows, my cousin is one of them. Shout out Sydney. She's phenomenal. Um, she will go through. And when she does competitions, 
She works out probably the same amounts, like days-wise, as I do. However, she's measuring macros, carbohydrate intake, protein intake. Um, she's she's time measuring of day. type just, of day. She's show. measuring yeah. She's mm -hmm. measuring reps and weight by the half pound. Mm -hmm. She's got a specific plan in place. So, like, if she does a show, right? Let's say the show's in October. Her training training starts in January yep. and there's levels and phases mm -hmm. and bulking and cutting and all these different things. So her input is going to have a very different output, even if the time at the gym by and large is the same. If we both work out for two hours a day, five days a week, right? Her input is going to manifest itself in a very different outcome I'll, I'll than mine will. To, to so from an too. AI standpoint, when you talk about, um, when you talk about like price, price prediction and whatnot, mm -hmm. the input is going to determine the output. To Oscar's point, when we look at houses, I just did this yesterday as I was putting a comparative analysis together for a client. I came up with a price point of between seven twenty and seven hundred forty thousand dollars for this particular property out in Parker. If I put it into Real Property Resource, which is RPR, we use that all the time, right? And they have the RMA, which is a real market evaluation. Um, and uh, AVR, which is an adjustable variance rate, whatever, their price that they took to this house was $820,000. If I put that and I start looking at the actual home, mm -hmm. the neighborhood, what kind of street it's on, the way it faces, what things have sold in that area, even though it has that same information, we're $80,000 off. Why? Well, and, and, and again, I hate that you brought up fitness. I was, I was, a fitness junkie. I, Fergie. I know. I know. I don't look it these days, but um, we were we were in the gym a lot. One um, in competition too. Uh, we were. I, I was dialed in, and everyone's different, right? Everyone's body reacts different to supplements. I have tried most supplements that are on the market in some kind of variation, and what worked for me. Uh, some of the supplements I made might have taken might not work for you or react to your body the same. Um, I had a, again shout out to Steve Larios. He did competition too, but we were always in the gym. And he told me, I'm going to go do a competition. I was like, okay, we were in great shape back then. He hired a coach. I was like, what do you need a coach for? We're doing, we're doing just fine. That coach dialed him in. Yep. It's another set of eyes. And like, you need mm -hmm. to work on your lats. Yep. You need to work on your deltoids. You need to work on, you know, uh, your abdominal area. And Health, dialed him form, in. Time under tension. And like, mm -hmm. all of that matters. dialed him in, yep. not only in the gym. But his nutrition and his supplement intake. Correct. Well, Which, again, it, we could all go to the gym, same amount. Yes. It's what we add on to that. And, and to make that us, we're the coach. Well, and to make that, you know, you know, relate that back to real estate when it comes to carbohydrate, carbohydrate intake, that could be square footage of your home. When it comes to um, time of day to eat, that could be the updates that you did to the cabinets. When it comes to, um, you know, your, your calories or your carbohydrates that you're taking of, in. Of, of, yeah. Uh, uh, refined sugars. Refined sugar, whatever it is. Yeah. That could be, uh, you know, an extra room that you added on or an AD, the ability to build an ADU on the property. And that's that's what I was saying at the beginning is there are so many variables, and we talk about this all the time, that go into it where, yes, artificial intelligence is a valuable tool, but it is not the end-all be-all. It is not something that, as a seller, you know, and, and it's again- It's gonna be a great aid. Yes, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, a lot of people that wanna sell their houses on their own, I feel for them because that is a tool that they're gonna utilize, but, if you go with that, if you go with this it estimate, exactly, and, and you list it at that price, but you have agents around you listing at their own prices, your home is now totally off the market because 
you you trusted this this umbrella quote versus tailoring it in to specific details about your home. So and, I, and, and, and really, and I'm, I'm sure you've all done it. What happens when you do uh, sell my house with either Zillow or Open Door? Half the time, it's mm-hmm. fifty to maybe even a hundred thousand below what you think it might be. Even as from a real estate standpoint, mm-hmm. we get those emails that say, "Hey, let us submit an offer over." And their algorithm is to make them money too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take in consideration um, remodel anything they have to update or in realtor fees. So it's at least 80k under. Yeah. Let's let's take it a step further and let's say, okay, from a seller standpoint, right? And I'm working with an agent. How do I, as an agent, offer something that's a differentiating factor from any other agent. If I'm listing a house, right, my number one job is to sell that home. Mm-hmm. The way to sell that home is via marketing, yep. right? Well, right now, what do we, how do we market? Google SEO, we put it on the major MLSs on the internet, we hold open houses, yep, we allow showings, we use our human update, network. The big, the big stuff. Yeah, we use our human network if we have certain clients that we know are looking for this type of house, right? So now let's take it and say, okay, well, if I'm an agent that understands how artificial intelligence works, how can I then take that to farm and create demand for this house that I'm listing, right? So let's say mm-hmm. it is a four bed, three bath ranch on a quarter of an acre in a certain neighborhood, okay? Well, if I'm me, I'm looking at specific things when I'm looking for a house. So if I, as a listing agent, can utilize autumn or artificial intelligence to specifically target those potential buyers and say, hey, not only do I have a house and I blast it out to 7,500 agents in Douglas County, do you have a buyer? Let me know. I can actually go and I can take handwritten letters or I can take personalized emails to potential clients that artificial intelligence has told me that they're looking to move in the next six months. Their, their, their children based on public data are in college. So they're empty nesters. So they want to downsize. They have a job at so-and-so. So they're looking to move into this specific zip code and I can go, Hey, this is what I can do for you. I can use artificial intelligence and I can reach out. I'm going to sound bad and touch personally buyers that are interested mm-hmm. in your home based on the criteria versus another agent may go, well, yeah, I'd put it on the internet. Well, and, and okay. you know what's funny? I'll, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll, take mm-hmm. it, I'll take it back to prehistoric times before the internet. I would list a house, and when I would list it, I would flyer the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I would flyer the neighborhood and knock on doors and say, hey, I'm listing this house. Who do you know that may or may not want to pick your neighbor? Do you have anybody that wants to buy or sell? Here, here's my information. Um, here's a CMA of your home if you want to sell. I would come with some contribution. And I would leave them alone, yep. but I would go 15 doors that way, 15 doors that way on, on each side of the block. I don't need to do that anymore Yep. because exactly. of the internet. Exactly. So it's actually helped the way I do business. Well, right. And it's I, funny. And, and sometimes that old school stuff still works, but you got to look at it from a, from a, from a more advanced, advantageous standpoint from real estate, right? Because I've, I've listed homes in, um, in Uptown and in uh, uh, the, five, the Five Points area. And some of those homes are old Victorian homes, right? And when the internet first started, I, I was one of the first to like just blast it out. I didn't just stay in Colorado. I blasted it out to the United States. Most of my stuff, I, I still have this program called Listing Magic. And then, you know, they do Craigslist and all that weird stuff. But it would go outside of Colorado. Mm-hmm. I got phone calls from New York for one of my, one of my houses in, in uh, North Cap Hill. And um, one was a producer. He wanted to rent the house for a movie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was like that that but, clicked it on for me to where the future of real estate was going in. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm seeing it now and I'm mm-hmm. seeing it a little more defined and cleaned up than I, I thought was gonna well, be. Well, and Oscar, you bring up a great point, right? And and that's something that I do as somebody who utilizes this technology and marketing and, and you know, social media, whatever it is. That's something that I do want to clarify is that artificial intelligence is not new. No. Now mm-hmm. it is the new shiny material that artificial intelligence and everybody's pushing it, but what Oscar just described, that website was it's, using an algorithm. It's not new. I think the difference it's is more accessible it is more accessible to the, yes. to the masses. Well, it's more accessible and it has more data. Well, right it's now. a buzzword at this point, yeah, right? Because exactly. everybody uses ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. But if uh, my point is, like, if I know that the house that I'm listing has a certain specific clientele that would be interested in that specific home, and I can use artificial intelligence as a listing agent to help me identify... <laughs> those households or that demographic or whatever that looks like to then market. Obviously I'm going to do the marketing for everything else, but specific marketing to those people. Now I can sit there and say, Hey, how do you sell houses faster than anybody else? Well, mm-hmm. I reach out to the people that actually want to buy this house. I reach yep. out to the masses. Right? Not everybody wants to buy a $750,000 home two story with a main floor master, but there are certain demographics that artificial intelligence can use data mm-hmm. and searchable data points and Zillow search history and all these different things to go, these are the people that will buy that house. At, so a, rate, I at have, a rate faster than humans can ever I have reach. a very unique listing right now. It's a one bedroom, one bath, condo in Uptown. There's not a lot of people looking for one bedroom, one bath, condos mm-hmm. in Uptown. Right. And it would probably take me a lot longer to sell that thing without the internet and AI. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have an interested party right now in it. And guess where they are? California. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. No shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's and awesome. She's, and, and the agent said she's had she's had an eye on your property for three months now. Wow. So it's awesome. Yeah, I love it mm-hmm. because I'm not marketing to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But it's there. But it's there. Right. So mm-hmm. in 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 any aspect of anything in our lives, we're all human beings. Someone's gonna take that and make it ugly. Yep. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. No matter what, mm-hmm. it's gonna be. And case in point, uh, right now, Taylor Swift, the AI Taylor Swift nudie picture. That <laughs> uh, poor girl's yep. being, you yep. know, she's on the chopping block right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you it's can use gonna happen. You can it's going to happen. I, I think the, the, the point about artificial intelligence that I want to make is it's, it shouldn't be scary because to me it augments everything else that we do, right? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to buying and selling something as personal as real estate is, right? Because there's two different sides. There's the investor side mm-hmm. that is just crunching numbers, is this going to work? Are my, mar- are my margins good? Is my cash on cash return good? And that's all they care about. Yeah, right? an equation. Which that's 25% of people to buy houses currently. That's yep. a stat for all the people that are hating on my other posts about <laughs> investors. It's 25%, okay? 65%, <laughs> and 70% are human beings that mm-hmm. have families and children and grandparents and so on and so forth. And artificial intelligence, as good as it is as at identifying data points, Unless artificial intelligence is selling the house to another artificial intelligence, it will never get the human element. No. No. And that is no. the biggest gap that mm-hmm. I don't personally believe will ever be Well, no, bridged, it's, it's the right? classic sci-fi trope, right? Every sci-fi movie that, you know, you have Terminator, you have uh, any AI-based, like, technology-based sci-fi movie, it always comes back to yeah to humanity correct like we we emotion and and perception are such a unique element when it comes to our interpersonal communication 
AI will take years to replicate that because you're trying to replicate a virtually quantum computer our in our brain, ridiculous. right? Like it's, it's going to take so much time for it to replicate anything like that. I love so, that you love sci-fi movies because uh, <laughs> one of my favorite actors, uh, Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Yep. Great yep. movie. Yeah. And if you want to take it a little more kid friendly, uh, Alita. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. those are, are cool movies, but we are a very long time till we get yes. there. Yes. A very, very long time. Well, human Don't beings be are a, emotional. That's yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's all it is. It's emotional. And like that's X it. Machina, it has to do with 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 lady robots. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally, and think about this, right? I've had buyers that have said they don't like a house because there is a specific type of tree in the yard. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry. Or the, no, no. Please find me an artificial intelligence computer that can determine that Harry and Sally went to this house and were like, oh my God, is that a fucking oak tree? Without, without a Fuck 500... Fuck oak something, I want crab apple. That you Fuck this house, I'm out. Without a 500 question, questionnaire. There's something right. that AI may or may not do, but a big one for me, at least, when I'm showing, you know, the upper echelon of homes, it doesn't have to be a million dollars, but the upper echelon, eight, nine, and into the millions, um, you have homes that are, are backed by power lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one. And maybe AI could be trained for that, but it's still not right well, now. Well, but that, but again, that's that. Now there's a complete circle moment. AI just does not. It needs so much information to get it down to a point where it will match a human's perception, humans' wants and needs. That, no, that dude, how do you, it, how, it's not. How many times it's do, not, you, do you walk a buyer and they just go and the know, vibes are off? Rate the house one to ten. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like a four. How come? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. Like, it yeah, doesn't. Exactly. There's something about AI it. AI will never have the human element of emotion. Mm-hmm. And our brains work so fast that when you're interacting with this person, you are running millions of thought processes right now and understanding them throughout the showing process. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and guys, I think that this, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation that I would even love to, please, if you're a real estate agent, tune in, like, let us know what you think. Because yeah, or, or what, yeah. what, what you dislike or disagree. Yeah. Because I think I, this is an industry issue. Yeah. Because I think it's, there's so much possibility out there for us when it comes to AR, when it comes to VR, when it comes to AI marketing, when it comes to communication with AI, like sending emails, being readily available to your client. There's so much out there. So please reach out to us and let, comment and let us know what you think. Um, but I think this is a good time to move into our one rock takeaway. Before we get off technology, what I don't understand and you'll relate when you're ready, you'll relate. How the hell does my two-year-old and my five-year-old, they can't pick up their room or go to the freaking bathroom when they should, but you give them a tablet? I'm pretty sure my two-year-old set up a cash app. I don't know. Because knowledge is compounding. And Jesus, again, I've said it multiple scary, times. intelligent multiple, when, with multiple their tablets. Times, right? We, we stand on the backs of the giants that came before us. Shit. Like, we may not know how to use it, but like you just said, your kid's going to know how to utilize AI and make life so much easier for, for, for themselves way before you're going to know what to do because they're growing up with it. It is it's normal. It, you know, it's, it's a normal everyday function, right? So, so not to start another movie argument, but I have to ask, <laughs> right, as we're talking about AR and VR yep. and the different things, please tell me, please, just for me, you've seen Minority Report. Oh, absolutely. No fucking way. Shut up. He's, oh, wait, wait, my wait. God. I think that, wait, I think that no. movie came, that movie came out <laughs> no. when he was like two. No, dude. Yes. Oh, my God. You've never seen Minority Report. Okay. Fucking God damn it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Have you seen mm. Vanilla Sky? No, it doesn't even matter. Just been my, like, mm. okay, you're, bo- <laughs> mm. I, Oscar, I don't, I need help. Like, Rain of Fire, I get that one. It's a little bit kind of a not known movie. It's got dragons and shit. So, like, some people, Minority Report. 
with Tom Cruise <laughs> is the best example of, of every little thing we are talking about right now because mm-hmm. it goes AR, VR. It talks about predictive analytics to the point where They'll the whole premise, bro, the whole premise of the movie is using artificial intelligence to predict pr- crime. And they have what's called a pre-crime unit that goes out and arrests people before they commit a crime. For future, for it came out in 2002. Crime. I was, I was, I was nine. I don't okay. care. I was nine. I do not care. I oh, I'll watch it. So I'll, watch it. I'll watch I am it. so like I you oh I'll watch it. I'll you watch have it. six days. All right, All right. it's Same Friday, day. right? Our next podcast is Wednesday, so Friday, Saturday. Sunday, I mean, I could see Tuesday. if it was like you have five if, days if to was, go. Watch. If it was like a a cyberpunk movie, only maybe, because but it's it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, in it. only Come because on. yes, it's Tom Cruise. So it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Number one. The acting You've in it. You've seen Eagle Eye, right? The acting in it is. With Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. this is Eagle Eye. Talking about, we stand on the backs of giants that came before us. Eagle Eye exists because, because of Minority <laughs> Report. Okay. And not only is it just a one of the highest rated movies of all time, it is so up your wheelhouse with literally everything. Like I am in AR and VR, and this is what I do. Like. Wait, 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 there, you put glasses it? on and you can put three different screens <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. You, hold on. <laughs> while we're at it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, can't. Say, I can't. Watch uh, Demolition Man. Well, all I was going to say no. is welcome. Welcome no. to Demolition welcome Man. to Two Dilfs and a Dink yeah, where bro. you got two older Dude. millennials. Uh, no. yeah, we're we're going to talk about Demolition Man. Have you seen that? No. But With yeah. Wesley Snipes and no. Stavetsha Shalom? No. I mean, right. it's <laughs> it's the future back in the early 90s and late 80s. I could survey... 10,000 people uh-huh. and maybe nine would tell me they've never watched Minority Report. Hey, in the comments, in the comments, let, let us know. Have you ever seen Minority Report? Yes, please do. Let, let, let me know. But I'm interested. I'm interested. Charlie has five days watch to it. watch this I'll movie watch and he's going to come back and I guarantee this is his reaction. <laughs> Guys, what the fuck? <laughs> that is an actual movie? I don't doubt because it. Because it, it has predicted every single part of the conversation that we have had today around predictive analytics, around AR, around VR, around how we interact with machines. Like it is, the, I mean- I'm just, still amazed when I watch, watch, what is it? Oceans 13, where they walk in and they have the biometric scanning dude, to I'm depend just on go, like, go all right, I, I'll I, watch it. I'll, yeah, watch I'll, it. I'll make a promise I'll to you guys it. watching right now. I am going to send one text per day <laughs> to Charlie asking if he's, wa- I'm going to go watch Minority Report tonight. I'll watch it, I'll watch it. It is I got you. phenomenal. I got you know what, just oh for God. punishment, you got to go back and watch the original Tron and stomach that. I've seen movie. Tron. The original Tron. I've seen the original and Tron. And you haven't seen Minority but Report. But only because I saw the new Tron and I was like. The, the old Tron I tried to watch <laughs> and it was like, are they throwing Nerf balls? Bro. Oh my God. That oh man. But, garbage. But back then. Great ending. Great ending on the topic. Yeah. Great ending to the topic, guys. Dilfs and Dinks. But no, you need to watch. I just can't wait until next week when you walk in like your pupils are going to be this big. Like guys, there's a movie that explains everything we've been talking about, but right. predicted it 20 years ago. Well, guys, hold hey, me wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. Topics, I know this is a Dilfin Dinks thing, but did RoboCop not predict what the fall of Detroit was going to be? It did. I just think Minority <laughs> Report, based on everything we're talking about, mm-hmm. like the fact that they used machine learning to predict crime that hadn't happened and yet, and that's here. the entire plot line of the movie. <laughs> And then if you you throw in the AR VR of like the shit that they how they interact with computers and everything and the drones, I dude the it, drones the drones the drones I got you that's you and we're gonna come arrest you because you know ten days from now you're, you're gonna, gonna go, commit a murder yeah you're all right guys murder let's go ahead and move into the one rock takeaway I got we'll, mine we'll, we'll go on mine's easy you yeah. wanna start yeah my yeah. one rock takeaway is Charlie's never fucking seen Minority Report. <laughs> 
and man. that's the future of real estate. <laughs> All right. I like it. Um, Oscar, you want to go? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> My mind went into like a million places right now. Uh, one rock takeaway. Um, I, I have a know, real one, by the way, when uh, you're done. You know, don't, don't, don't be afraid of, uh, of technology. It's, it's, it's like with any human element, uh, people are going to make it ugly, but, you know, look at the, the brighter side of it and use the brighter side of it. Yep. It's there for your, for your convenience and, you know, roll with it. I'm, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. We, always yeah. talk about, we always talk about learning, right, and how knowledge is power. And right now, if, if we are still at the beginning of AI and oh, with ChatGPT, right? Very infant. So if you take the time, I took a I took a master class on how to prompt AI, right? <clears throat> took me, I think it was like an hour and a half. That somehow didn't include Minority Report, but <laughs> I, it should have been part of <laughs> right, the syllabus. Right. It, it, but that I just took a course on it, and it helped me expand my knowledge on it. How to, like Jameson was saying earlier, the input that what you put in is what equals the quality of the output. So if you take the time and you learn how to do that. You can capitalize, whether it be selling your home, buying your home. If you're a real estate agent, if you're a marketer, whatever it is, take the time and, and just dive into a little bit. And, and ultimately, don't be scared of it. But if you don't want to take that time, reach out to people you know that, that have put the time in, and they'll be more than happy to explain it to you because it is cool. It, it is I'm, a really I'm awesome place to right see. Now, if you take that same attitude yep. when you're ready and you implement that to your children, same end results. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, your children, you, you, you take all that and you input everything, mm-hmm. it, the output's going to be the same. Hell yeah. All right. So you took it one step. You took it two steps. I'm going to take it three steps. When it comes to buying and selling real estate as a client, this is a great way or a great opportunity for me, like this is the way I see it, to not be just a passenger in the journey, mm-hmm. right? Like don't be a passenger princess when you're talking about selling your home, buying your home. Ask these questions. How is this going to make my, my journey easier? How are the agent that I'm going to pick, how are they going to augment my real estate transaction? And if they can't answer that, then choose somebody else. Because at the end of the day, the whole purpose of technology is to make our lives easier, more simplistic, more enjoyable, more leisurely, all these different things. And we will come to you with these tools because we, our goal is to embrace those type of things but as a client, I personally, I like when my clients are involved mm-hmm. and they're asking questions because to me, that means that the end result is going to be that much better for them because they were involved every single step of the way. And artificial intelligence, virtual reality, all these different technology things, right? Buzzwords <clears throat> will, will augment that experience for you guys. So lean I, into it versus shying away. I will give you a great piece of consumer information right now that will help you immediately in your home buying or selling journal journey when picking an agent. Go to Bing right now and you type in prompt. I am a new homeowner looking to buy or sell my home, whichever one that you want to do, right? You are a real estate professional. Please generate 10 questions that I should ask my, pers- my the realtor that I want to use to make sure that I am getting a realtor that will help me the, in the best way. That will spit out 10 questions. And if you ask those 10 questions to your realtor and they cannot answer most of them, don't go with that realtor. Free bit of, free bit of information for that right now. It's easy, takes you five minutes, not even. What are those 10 questions? 
<laughs> just kidding right um but guys as always great conversation and, and, and these are the conversations that i love to have is you know dreaming about the future and seeing how not that dude this is like, this excites me because this type of conversation around technology will continue to evolve mm-hmm. as we go forward absolutely like, and technology everybody everybody's scared because they, they think the human element's going to be eradicated correct like, no oh, they're going to take our jobs no guess what Look at my brown you know skin. how often I've been hearing you that for, the for love years. Of God, you know how often God put the put the South Park clip up there. Yeah, well, you know how, wait, 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 we don't need to be copy, copyright infringement, but, but like, yes, there's a lot of stuff we could put up. Yes. But, but at, as far as you were saying, and to touch on what you just said, um, the human the human element of any any industry mm-hmm. is always going to be there. Look at the supermarkets. We have self checkouts now. There's still someone there manning the stations. Mm-hmm. At yep, the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, like I said, guys, just amazing conversation. And, and I think the bourbon adds into it. Uh, I'll be interested to see. And, and again, I think this is going to happen. I guarantee there's going to be a company that comes out soon that is going to say this bourbon was created by AI. Oh, hey, sorry. Yes, agreed. Um, we already have one that not is it's not AI, but you can go to the distillery. Yeah. And, and, and you it can builds say, hey, this mash. is what I yeah. like. And they do it. The human element thing. I really want to. I really want to lean into this because throughout history we've seen it where there's this rubber band snapback effect. Human beings are social animals in general, and we've seen it time and time again that as we start to get new things implemented that take us away from human interaction, there is always a snapback period where people just go, "Wait a second, I want to go back to talking mm-hmm. to people." And that will always happen. There's a, there's, there was a good segment on the news the other day it that always people happen. are going back to malls. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were removed from there because of Amazon yeah. and, and the pandemic. We want, we want to go back to malls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's super awesome. Absolutely. Right? But I, and, I, and, oh, wait, while we're on the subject, another movie came out. Have you seen The Butterfly Effect? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Yes. Of course. Of I'm, course. I'm just saying. Of course. I have now, seen now the book. Now I'm going to on movies that you to watch. And I'm going to fail. Dude, I, like I said, when I, when I said the Minority Report thing, I'm like, I'm terrified to ask this because it's so <laughs> obvious. But my gut was telling me, yeah, since he didn't it. bring it up once while he was talking, I was like, I don't think he's fucking seen this movie. Nope. No, I'm, he's I'm like they should make a movie, movie yeah about drones this is crazy about guys <laughs> that may commit murders guys, i have a multi-million dollar idea and the worst part is my I, my degree is in criminal justice i so <laughs> even worse <laughs> but uh, i think now's a great time to move into the bourbon review for today's episode <laughs> you have failed us today charlie <laughs> jesus um guys uh what are, how, such a good conversation how you uh how, how you feeling about it i'm gonna tell you right now you said i was gonna hate it i love it yeah, yeah it's same. a good drinker you know it what? is a good drinker. as i drank it and it opened up the sweetness wasn't overpowering and it was more like on a hot day sipping a root beer a and w yeah root beer. it's it, it is it, a, when you it's, said it's summertime simple. yeah i could drink this yeah it's a yeah the, it's, the, a sip, it's a sipping bourbon I, I will say that the as we let it open up the sweetness definitely sits on the back end. The bitterness it's went not, away, by the way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not as prominent. Away. Nope. Not as prominent at all. But that spice, that wood, mm-hmm. um, definitely comes through uh, for me. It keeps a good true more. to what it is for me. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't like the, the fake flavoring, the fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like a bourbon. It'd be a bourbon. It sticks true to what it is, a bourbon. But it brings out the fun side and the drinkability to, I don't make a habit of drinking, you know, soft drinks. But if I'm enjoying a, a root beer on a hot summer day, it's a great feeling. That's kind of what this this kind of 
and emulates think, for me. And I think that's where I may struggle in the rating a little bit, only because, you know, when, when we rate it, guys, as always, we rate on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. Um, we call it our rock rating because the more rocks you put in a drink, mm-hmm. normally the worse that bourbon or whiskey is. So you want to water it down a little bit or you want to add a Coke into it. Yep. Um, oh. And and it's the reason I struggle here is because although it is a good sipper, it is, and I will agree with what James said at the very beginning of the episode, it is a, I, this is one that I would give to somebody that I wanted to introduce to bourbon. Um, although I, I try and think on the grand scheme, right? On the larger scale sure. of what we drink, because I, as a, of course there's thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands like, of bourbons out there. And I think that, you know, we have been privileged to have the 115 proofs mm-hmm. and, and we are able to buy bottles that are a little bit better. Um, but for me, in the grand scheme of it, I just don't think that, you know, if you compare it on complexity, if you compare it on evolution of flavor, for me, I, I don't think that this one would hold up against like what, like what we've been drinking. How much was it? It was $43, right? And, and, and again, not, not the worst but at the same time, it does open up well. It sips very well. But I'm thinking, like, if I was if I was in a room full of bourbon drinkers, and I was to say, Yellowstone's my favorite, they look at me and be like, eh, what, what? So similar reaction to when you say, I've never seen Minority Report <laughs> in a group of yes. people, and they'd be like, I'm sorry, what? I'm not living it down. We're, <laughs> nope. At least here we're watching this tonight, baby. Yes, this is, yes uh, you guys uh, are. And you know what? I'm telling you. <laughs> You guys are both. Gonna I'm gonna like, watch it tonight for him. <laughs> you guys are gonna be like, "Is there a part two? Like this was." And you know what movie. I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put on my VR goggles. I can't wait. And I'm gonna watch it I in can't. a theater mode. Bro, you know I what? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm putting on VR goggles and use it for work. That's <laughs> cool. I can't. I can't wait for you to see this. Uh, awesome. But yes, I, uh, yeah. So right. and and the way I see it, this is uh, if I had to compare it to something, um, I would say this is the Coca-Cola of bourbons. You just pick it up and know what you're gonna get. It's good. It's yeah. good. You could drink it. Yeah, it's it, I. I was pleasantly surprised. I would say that this goes. This reminds me a lot of Larceny. A little uh, bit less, a little bit less yeah. complex. I, I would I would put it around there. Um, Larceny holds its own for me because it is true to what it is. It's high weeded, but mm-hmm. the flavoring yes. is solid. There's, it's it's a, it's a no. No nonsense. This is what you're going to yeah. get, and it's great for the price. And that's what I mean is, is it's not – the reason I say larceny is because larceny is not looking to be, oh, I have notes of caramel. Mm, it's, right. it's, it's like, no, this is, this is a bourbon. It has some flavor to it, but it's still a bourbon. You're going to enjoy it. That's how I relate it to larceny here because, again, you're going to grab it. You're going to know what you're going to get. Again, it's not terrible. But on, uh, for me, on the grand scale of what we've drank and what's out there, I have to take that into account. Um, and I think – for me, I would, if I'm going to rate this guy, and again, you guys can totally disagree, but I think I'm going to sit around a 4.8. Ooh, I was close. I said 5. Yeah, 4.8. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Good. I am going to give it a solid 3.5. I like it. Mm-hmm. I truly like it. Mm-hmm. I like it because it, it holds its own, but it's, it's very, very drinkable. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to the point to where... I wasn't like, eh, I could sit here and finish the rest of this bottle. Well, and this ties back kind to the... Kind of like a soft drink. I was going to say, it's but weird. It's like, this ties back to the AI conversation, right? Where we always talk about it is the quality of conversation and people that you have when you're drinking a bourbon. If I was in a room and it was contentious and I was sipping this bourbon, I'd probably be like, this is shit. I'd I don't give want it a it. nine. Right? But 
this, we had a wonderful conversation. We were laughing. We were having a good time. We were sipping on it. It wasn't punching us in the face. Yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from on that. And, and again, I'm just going to reiterate, if you are new to bourbon, if you, if you want to introduce somebody to bourbon, I recommend this wholeheartedly. I've drank high-end bourbons that are worse than this. Basil Hayden, 10-year. <laughs> well, and again, oh, start, starter <laughs> bourbon, Basil Hayden across the board is a great segue. If you like the flavors of Basil Hayden, it's only going to get better. It's funny. I was, that, my comparison was going to be I would compare this to Basil Hayden Toasted. Yeah. Okay. But Basil Hayden Toast is like 57 mm-hmm. bucks. This is the 45, right? Like the way I'm rating this, I have two ratings. I've got a vibe rating. Uh-huh. And then I think my rating went with vibe. Then a bourbon rating. But I will, I will tell you this. This bourbon is a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> like it, this is a, like I'd want, I said in the beginning, right? If we were out, in the middle of Kansas, at one of those big old bonfires, sitting on a truck bed, having a great time, I'd take this. 100%. Oscar, 11 out of 10 times. On that, uh, in February, on that ice fishing trip? 11 this would, out of 10 This would times. be simple. Yeah, I could see that. It is. Hanging out. It's in Wyoming. It. it gets cold. <laughs> I think we need a little bit more proof. Hotter. But <laughs> I would definitely have this. Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a vibey, it's a vibe bourbon. And I know that's like so not specific. But to me, it's like different strains of THC, right? Mm-hmm. Like to some people, all of it's the same. Like, oh, you, know, you get high. Other people, it's like, well, no, I have different, mm-hmm. a different experience depending on what I'm smoking or if, you, if you're eating edibles, edibles, what you're chewing, and then the conversation, who you're around. This to me is like the epitome of a, a bonfire bourbon with some really good conversation. Not yeah. some fucking shitheads in the middle of like – Having that, but having intelligent conversation around mm-hmm. it, it's a vibe. And for me, I agree with Oscar like three and a half. If I put this up against the other bourbons that we've had that are around this proof, I'm probably closer to like a four and a half. Yeah. And, and again, if, 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 that's, if that's the case in point, proof-wise, it's, you know how I feel about Elijah Craig. So thank you. I was going to say you know. that exact same thing because mm-hmm. my go-to for this price point is Elijah Craig. Me too. And I would say Elijah Craig overall three and a half to four. It will spank this at one. at forty three bucks like that. But I will again, take we're, that all we're, day long. we're bourbon but, drinkers, right? Yes. If you're going to go with with classic bourbon taste at price at proofing Elijah Craig all day, but when we pulled this from the shelf, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, but the bottle is cool. It has a cork. It's not like it's a twist off. We yep. got we're, we're we're in for for an adventure here. I. Once we sat it down and you told me the corn and, and it was sweet, I was already thinking six. Mm-hmm. I was going to say six and a half. That's what I said. That's what I said at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. As we drank it, the bitterness just kept pulling me back. It was yep. sweet and then bittersweet. As we sat here, vibed with it, yep. mm-hmm. it gave me down to like three and a half. It yeah. just, and I can't even give it a four because the vibe was good. It, yeah. it drinks well. Mm-hmm. It's a good drinker. Not even a sip, yeah. a good drinker. See, I, I want to, I, I think this is a conversation that needs to be expanded on in the future. I think we, we need to come back to it, maybe have a guest um, that maybe specializes in it. 
and, and to talk about it. Um, and I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can get that for you guys, listeners. But I think this is a great episode. And, and guys, as always, thank you so much for liking, following, sharing. Remember, you can catch us on YouTube at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. And it's not just this podcast. We have community spotlight videos. We have tips and tricks with real estate videos. Um, Jameson is phenomenal at keeping up with the funny, the funny videos and shorts <laughs> that, that come up. He is the um, master short man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as always, guys, Just remember the leprechaun bitch. Uh, you can you can reach out to us at all times. Um, we are figuring out the Google Voice where you might get to the voicemail, but we always see the calls come through, and we will get to you if calling isn't good. Please shoot email. us a text or email. or email us. You can reach us at email at resotr at themilehighperspective.com or give us a ring. 303-578-0263. And as, of course, we always have, uh, each one of us have our own independent social media. Jameson? The Colorado Real Estate Guy. Super simple on pretty much all platforms. Oscar? Um, mine's a little more, uh, there's a few other ones, but it's Oscar the Realtor. OscarRealtor.com, Oscar the Realtor CO. And I am that lifting agent. Um, and again, guys, as always, I, you know, they, these guys are, are awesome enough to let me come in, help produce, cut the stuff up. And if you want to reach out with any of that information, whether it be, hey, I want to bolster my real estate online presence with social media, I want to do client testimonial videos, reach out to me at BTG Productions CO. I'm more than happy to answer any questions for you guys, help with that. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I think 2024 is going to be a big year for real estate. It's going to be an awesome year. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I think it's going to look a lot like Minority Report, which (laughs) two out of the three of us get. (laughs) The third (laughs) one may be arrested for murder. (laughs) On that note, everybody, thanks for joining us as always. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.